It's time for Lacrosse Classified on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. Your go-to source for all things NLL and box lacrosse. Now, settle down and listen up. It's time for Lax Class. Attention, lacrosse fans. Eyes up front. Lax Class has begun. Welcome to episode 168 right here on the home of Lacrosse Classified Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. I am one half of your host, Jake Elliott. My other one is Brad Challoner. He has joined us here on the podcast as well. Welcome uh, back to Lax Class, Bradley. How's it going? What's good, brother? Nice to see you again. I saw you in the flesh this weekend for the first time in a while. That, yeah. was, that was nice well, uh, to reunite, cut up a little steak, and watch some super Saturday sports action. That holy was a cow. Lot of fun. Yeah, a little, uh, little dinner at the Challengers. Very nice on Saturday night there. And uh, yeah, what a weekend of sports it was. Uh, maybe the greatest weekend of NFL playoff football we've ever witnessed holy cow i'm not sure our buddies steve bermel and patty gregoire have recovered from that bills game yet or not but uh danny was a little upset her packers didn't get through tom brady is no longer eligible to win another super bowl at least for this year so some crazy games in the nfl and uh a few games took place over the weekend in the nll as well we're going to talk about all of that and we got Holy cow, a monster week on deck here. Every game is on Saturday, and every team is in action for week nine, which is super exciting. I don't know how I'm going to consume all of that, but I'm going to try my best. I might have to go buy a couple more iPads or something. I don't know. But uh, we got a monster program lined up as well with a big week on deck. Uh, who you had? Stampede Stallions coming up here in quarter number one. We're going to head for Long Island and talk with one Larson Sundown, who will make his debut here on Lax Class. Really looking forward to this conversation with my my guy, Sonny Boy. And then uh, old friend of the podcast, Tyson Geick, Director of Communications for the Halifax Thunderbirds, Lacrosse Flash, and many other things. Tyson Geick, always an interesting conversation, so look forward to that in quarter three. And like I said, a monster who you got week seven games on tap. Time to make up some ground after another pitiful week number eight. And uh, Bradley, Wax Class Logs coming up in week nine as well. And uh, winner, winner, chicken dinner. If you follow Brad Challenger's advice last week, you picked yourself up a little extra cash in your pocket jumbo bucks if you will so congrats on that my my riptide coming through big i think that'll be the theme a little bit of this podcast here today is how impressed i was with the new york riptide i had an inkling that they were going to go into philly and make something special happen on the back of a back-to-back against a veteran squad that that philadelphia wings team that had played the night before against the rochester nighthawks and you know, and they fought right down to the wire against the New York Riptide, another one goal game that Philly's in. Like I think the end of the year, Philly's Philly's putting some miles on on the legs right now, but mm. good miles. Every game they've been in has been a dogfight essentially, except for blowing out Rochester uh, on Saturday. 
but like how good is it for a team to have all these one goal games and all that experience and overtime opportunities to take into a playoff run? I know those, those miles add up and it's going to be going to bode well for the wings. I think down the stretch, you are three and two right now. Yeah. I don't know if it's so much the miles as it is the belief. I know where you're going with that, but I think it's the belief that, comes inside that locker room three four and three they played seven games there's teams that have only played three i know Philly's played seven and and a bunch at home too right like i think five or six out of their seven have been at home but you go back to it and like i i I really believe that and i've been on teams that have had it and i've been on teams that haven't had it and when you're you know down two or three in the fourth quarter or third period or whatever it is you just look around and you like you just feel like we got this and and yeah, I we've think been like, there we've done this before. Yeah, no the Nighthawks had that in their championships runs, right? There was never any panic, and it was just like, yeah, we're gonna get it done, boys. Like maybe this isn't the position we want to be in, but we know we can do this. And then they go out and get the job done. And when you win one goal games like that, you have comeback victories like that. It really builds a foundation for your team. So, Philly, yeah, good things going there in Philadelphia who are going to have some weeks off, you would think, coming up, but a lot of road games as well. Yeah, a lot of – they. I think they're away from Wells Fargo for – is it still Wells Fargo? What are they calling that yeah, arena now? That's a good question. You're putting me on the spot. Okay, I think it I, is Wells I, Fargo, yeah. I want to say it is. Yeah, I think I think it might be. And nonetheless, they're going to be away for a while. I think they're away like almost all of February, and then come back for a couple near the end of the season. But you know, made their hey, they made that a tough place to play. They got a few wins there. They fall on on Sunday, but they win on Saturday. And you know, they've had some Sunday lacrosse. They've had some early morning lacrosse there. It's, it's been a fun stretch there for the fans in Philly. Yeah, absolutely, um, and really impressive overall. Not so much in that first half, but then just I don't know what. Uh, Coach Day, I'd say they're at halftime, but holy cow. Evie gets his 800th point. Uh, we should probably mention that, Brad, but it comes in a losing effort, and uh, that just happened to kill my my parlay. I think I would have had it two for three if uh, Rochester would have covered uh, a goal and a half there. It didn't happen, but... Uh, yeah, well, let's let's jump back. Let's start Let's start on Friday night. That was sort of uh, the, the kickoff, the appetizer of a very quiet weekend. One game Friday, one game Saturday. Yeah. One game Sunday, but you know, leaves a man to to consume it all. I guess this, mm-hmm. like you said, this upcoming weekend is going to be tough. But Georgia Rochester, I had Rochester hadn't played in five weeks, forty something days. Look like it. I thought Rochester would would do well with the time off, and then Georgia hit with six key pieces of their team getting put on the COVID list before that game. Shane Jackson, Vaughn Harris, Ethan Riggs, Craig Wendy, Lane Harushka. So both backup goaltenders to Mike Poulin and Tanner Buck as well. And Evan Schemenauer, we're going to talk to you later on today, threw out this nerdy stat that if you have six or more players on the COVID list, yeah. your teams are 3-0 and in the National <laughs> Lacrosse League, which is <laughs> unreal. San Diego, Panther City Lacrosse Club, and Georgia Swarm all with wins with a third of their roster literally on the COVID list. And Georgia, I, I didn't think they had a chance in this game, but they came in and they got contributions from a lot of unsuspecting places. A few players with their first National Lacrosse League goals. Walker. Big transition goals, power play goals, five on five. It just came from Long everywhere road. from Georgia. And it didn't seem like Rochester had anything to, to stand up to. And when they did have the chance, it was just 
outside shots, easy stops for Mike Poole and kind of the game that he needed to bounce back. Are the swarm back, Jumbo? Uh, well, we'll find out in, in quarter four what I think about that. But I thought, man, like Rylan Hartley, who was so impressive against Albany, really kind of struggled in that game. And I we went on spaces Friday night, Brad. Uh, before that face-off, and my point about Georgia was that Mike Poulin was too good of a goaltender to be playing the way he was had been playing, and I thought we were going to see the real Mike Poulin show up, and what a difference it did make for that team, who have been just a goal or two away in most of their contests, and when you get that extra save or two, that can be the difference in winning or losing, and I believed in Georgia, Brad, and I took them last week, if you'll recall, and they came through for me on the Friday night, and a large reason of that was Mike Poulin. Ethan Walker, I think his best game as as a pro, Longboat fit into that offense uh, rather nicely, and, and you're right, they got some contributions from guys like Cole, and Jordan Hall's always going to do his thing. Jordan McIntosh maybe having one of his best seasons in, in quite some time, which is Something to say because he's had an outstanding career, over 1,400 loose balls now for J-Mac and uh, really just pulling the rope for that, that Swarm team. The guy does it all. Yeah, he really does. He's he, and They've given him a lot of – he's had a lot of responsibility this year, and I think he's he's sort of relishing in that. It's like, hey, bud, you're not just going to take draws and run out of the back end. We're down some right-handers this year. You're going to have to take a little bit more reps up there. And he's wearing that C with, with everything he has – right now so it's fantastic to see him tap into the fountain of the youth this guy who won transition player of the year years ago still uh still finding his stride and then Kyle you know, about, hey, same like, thing Man, yeah. like moose has been good then those guys were on the same team forever. I know. so it's imagine yeah like, when those two were in their prime you know along with two, like, special, with like that, yeah. special swarm team back in the day and and still is but you know um I wanted to point out the young guys who got called in to back up Mike Poole and Aiden Walsh and, and Lucas Coot, who I know I don't know too much about, but I know that this national lacrosse league this year is filled with unproven goaltenders, rookie goaltenders. And it's been special to see guys who are backing up and guys that are getting in to get playing minutes. It's, it's not going to end. It's going to keep happening this season with, with yeah, the COVID well. list. Couple so if you're a goalie out there, already. You're, if you're a goaltender in the ALL West or you're playing somewhere taking reps, like be ready because because teams are needing goaltenders this season in those in those depth positions for sure. Yeah, players too. And and you look like you you mentioned young goalies, you know, who haven't proved themselves well, like Origlieri, Getty, Holichuk, uh, both Orlemans for that matter. You know, like I don't think people realize how young the Orlemans are and how they've been thrust into these starting positions at the highest level and best league that you can play in. And it takes time as a goalie. Like we've hammered this away. And I think sometimes I know, but I'm saying I think now we're I think we're now because there's fourteen teams now, Jumbo and some of the goaltenders like a Mike Poulin and like a Matt Vance only have a couple years left we're seeing and because there's 14 starting positions now and 14 backup positions, yeah. we're seeing guys start and get these opportunities a lot younger and, and they're playing really well. And I think this is just going to be the future. We're going to see the goaltending position a little bit more fluid. It's not going to be the same nine guys who have a starting positions year after year. It's going to be more tandems, 
um, and, and more guys stepping up. And I think it's just going to add parity throughout the national lacrosse league. And then which one of those guys are going to become elite down the road? There's well, only a handful of elites right now. Yeah. Yeah. And I, like, I just th- think like project five years from now, how good guys like Damood and both Orlemans and like these got it takes time to develop as a goaltender and you're, you're, getting your teeth cut real early here, which just hasn't been the case in this league for a long, long time. You had to, you had to wait for five yeah, years. You behind. had to sit because you had, you know, an Aaron bold in front of you or, yeah, or a Vince, Cosmo I or whatever, Anthony yeah. Cosmo guys who just weren't going away for so long. So it was tough, but yeah, you're right. New goaltenders, fresh goaltenders are getting, are having more opportunity to get reps now. And we're, and we're seeing teams put trust and faith in, players you kind of have to in a COVID situation but yeah. it's nice to see that you know Toronto has no problem keeping Nick Rose on the bench for half that game when Holichuk comes in it wasn't just take a couple of shots we'll get Rose back in half like he yeah he just <laughs> played he played and he played fantastic yeah so. unbelievable and how entertaining was Hartley like he had a tough weekend especially in Philly where they kept going back to him kept going back to him he yeah. was going to the bench for a couple minutes and They'd let one in, and then he'd come back, and you and I were watching that together going, why is well, he back they in played there? again, right? Like, they had another game to play, and I just thought, like... But, and he's entertaining goaltender to watch. So, like, there's no one, there's not a lot of goaltenders that have the acrobatics and the dramatic that yeah. that Hartley has, the way that he drops down into the split well, and he's got saves. It. And, yeah, he gets, he gets caught out of position once in a while, but sometimes he can recover and come back with a really nice stick save. It was entertaining but i think in that philly game when they're getting pummeled in that second half and they kept going back to him i think that's just a case of this is your net now man yeah like, let him figure play, it play out through it play through it you're our guy you're gonna have situations like this throughout the season let's let's keep you in and, and see what you can do in a situation like this where you're getting peppered yeah i think that's a veteran move there for mike hayes and 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 the conversation you know he probably had it with ryland that do you want to go back in and run but you know i don't know but I think it's a smart idea for him to say, like, okay, there's no pressure now. Like, don't worry about the score. Let's just go in and, and work through this, relax, and just play your game, stop the ball. And and I I think that's what he had to do because what else are they going to do, Brad? Like, I I don't know. They, they can't go find – there's not an Evan Kirk out there that they can go pick up right now. No, so he's he's got to play through. Hey, he's proven in junior, and the way that this, the, how young this league is too. Like, I kind of think about these young goaltenders that are getting these opportunities, but they're also playing against players that they played against in junior and did very successfully against a couple of years ago. Yeah, the net's smaller. Yeah, you're wearing you got you got a plastic stick instead of a woody, but a lot of the time it's the, it's the same shooter. So if you won a Minto cup and you've done big playoff runs with the Brampton Excelsiors or the Quillamanax and whoever it is, you know, you've seen Jeff T you've seen some of the best in the game and it is a young man's game right now. So I think as the young players come in, the young goalies come in at the same time. So, you know, I think Hartley, Hartley, Hartley is, is part of that next generation. He's, yep. Yeah. Play through it. your net. And let's see well, what's I next. Mean, well, remember he was, he was the he was like one of the top guys taken by the Nighthawks in in the expansion draft. If not the first, like was he? I can't remember. He might have been even the first guy. Yeah, yeah, he was he was up there for sure. They they had targeted him because they knew what he did at the junior level. Yeah. They knew what he was capable of. And man, he's an entertaining goalie to watch. So I did feel a bit bad from Philly. Man, what a second half though! Is they 
come out and protect home floor again. I kind of felt this was the way it was going to go in that game, fully beaten up on Rochester, but it was a tight game. Rochester had a lead heading into half and then it was just, Hey, we've been off for five weeks and we didn't have the legs in the second half and Philly went, we're not losing to this team and whatever adjustments they made, it was an offensive onslaught. It was almost like, let's just go every shot, every possession we can get earlier in this, in the third quarter, let's shoot. And Baptiste kept on winning face off yeah. after face off. And they went on an eight goal run. And there's your ball game in Philadelphia on Saturday afternoon, 18, 10 jumbo. This is the stat eight players for Philly, two or more goals. Yeah. Well, I think it was Kevin. I think Baptiste was like 20 for 27 or something like that. So that's pretty dominant, but I think it was Crowley who said at halftime coming out of it, the question was, what do you guys need to do differently to, to get back in this game? And, and his answer was like, nothing. We're getting really good looks. They're getting some stops. We've hit a lot of posts. We just need to keep doing what we're doing, and the balls are going to start to drop. And holy cow, did they ever drop? Uh, what was it, Brad? It was 7-5 at halftime, and then they went on like an 8-1 yeah, or 9-1 run. 8 nothing run. And, you know, with the exception of Vancouver a couple weeks ago starting a game uh, with the way they did seven goals in four and a half minutes, like those – we talk about it all the time, like six, seven, eight goal runs. Yeah, you give up lacrosse more than game a four goal. Look, look, lacrosse game enders. You it's very tough to get your momentum back, and by the time you're so you're so deflated after that, that Rochester couldn't really climb back in that game. No, and that's usually what happens is you you give up a big run, and then you fight and you scrap and you claw so hard to get back into the game. You do that, and then it's almost like you hit the the summit, and you just can't get over it, and then the comeback falls short so that wasn't really the case in that one I think it was you know Philadelphia just took over in that in that second half uh it'll be interesting to see uh, you mentioned Baptiste like that's where you're right 20 for 28 that's where face-offs become such an important part of the game because Rochester just couldn't get the ball back and couldn't get in their rhythm over eight eight on the power play though over eight on the power play games not gonna get it done yeah that you get your opportunity that's a lot of opportunities on the man up and bagel not gonna win not gonna win when you play like that so you got to capitalize on on the power play at least a couple times and then philly again at home it's been three or four straight in a row at home for philly they got to do it all again deja vu the very rare Heard Corey Small on off the crossbar say first of his career back to back home double header. Like yeah, just I can't remember another doesn't one. happen. No, I can't remember. No, I don't well, I don't think we've ever like all the all our years in Vancouver doing stealth games together. I don't ever recall no, no, no. never happened. One, no, no, like back to back home weekends we were stoked for, but you never get two yeah. in a weekend. So Philly gets to, you know, sleep in the hotel, a couple of guys get to sleep in their own bed and then play again the very next afternoon. And this was a fun game. This was the most entertaining game of the weekend between the New York Riptide and the Philadelphia Wings is there was lead changes. There were small runs. The power plays on both teams were absolutely lethal. They were perfect for, I think, the first three quarters of the lacrosse game. Big game players came out to play back to back, but then the Riptide pull pull ahead late and, and never look back. And they get their first victory of the season in a pretty – Impressive fashion. I'm on. I'm on Team Rip right now, Jumbo. Yeah, yeah they played an entertaining game. I think their offense is fantastic, and Orlam and 
looked really legit too in that game. I finally getting uh, finally getting a start. He battled in that game, and and good for the big dog there, Laddie, getting his first win as a head coach. And I think I've been pretty hard on the Riptide so far this season. I had higher expectations than what they have delivered so far, and maybe this is the start of it. And it just kind of took a while for the pieces to all fit here. But this is what I'm talking about, Brett. Thirteen, twelve. 8-8 at halftime, tightened up a little bit in the second half. This is the sweet spot for NLL scoring right here. 13-12, entertaining as can be from start to finish in this one. Yeah, and you know what? We'll talk about this in, um, in Cool Bets later on, but the the, the over-under. Lax class locks, Brad. Lax class locks, sorry. Thank you, cool. i got to learn my own segments here oh, um, that I won this week, by the way. Uh, um <laughs> The over/under on all the games this weekend, up. most of them, Creeping they went up. up. It, it was, it, yeah, it's been it's been twenty-one, it's been twenty-one and a half, and most of them were set at twenty-three this week or twenty-two, 22 and a half. Yeah. yeah. So you know, goal scoring is uh, it's creeping up. It's it's definitely up. The betters are catching on to that too. So watch out for your over and unders. Another that 20. was that was entertaining lacrosse game, man. Like, well, you want to do? Let's do stallions right now because I want to talk about. Um, my Stampy Stallion of the Week. Okay, let's, uh, well, you know the deal here, Brad. You got to get pull on the boots, get the hat on, cinch up the belt buckle, then mount up because we're heading for the Stampede Stables. Come on, go, go, go. <laughs> I mentioned. I mentioned on. I'm. I'm, I'm on. That just sounds side. like you're cold, right? There. I'm. On, I am sitting you in my garage cold. on a you're, Monday night, yeah. drinking little, your smoked it coconut. Is a little dre- <laughs> it is a little dreary in here. Yeah. What are you drinking again? Tell me. Tell the people what you're sipping on right now, because it's absolutely ridiculous. I am sipping on a delicious uh, beer from the good people at Fieldhouse. Toasted coconut black lager. <laughs> and I have a theory that the more adjectives or the adjectives, more ad, the more mer- words you put in a beer title, yeah. the better the beer. Like one of my favorite beers, blueberry milkshake IPA from Barnside <laughs> Brewing in Latin. Like, you know, you, never, put, you put words like toasted and coconut in a beer, sign me up. I am never ordering that at a restaurant or a bar. Like, could I get a you toasted say, coconut? Can I, get a, can, I get a, can I get a pint of the toasted coconut black lager from Never Vietnam, will I ever. Anyways, uh, enjoy your toasted coconut. Uh, I'll let you go first. Stampede Stallion of the Week. Actually, hang you, on. I'm, hang on. Let me Get your read in there. Get yeah, your read in Yeah, because I always forget. Stampede Tack and Western. We're out there in Cloverdale since 1966. I uh, want to let you know about their boot collection. I actually swung by. Unfortunately, uh, Kev wasn't wasn't there, but dropped off a little something from Chris. I've been lacking. I, I finally got out there, though. Unfortunately, Kevin wasn't there. But they want to let you know about their fantastic boot selection. Of course, uh, Canadian-made boots, Boulay, Canada West, work boots, hiking boots, motorcycle boots. And, of course, uh, the, you know, what? 80% of the population wears here on the West Coast. Blundstones. I got a pair of myself. Uh, and, uh, do, you, do you got some? You got to get some. I'm a, I'm a Timberland man. I'm a Timberland uh, man this 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 winter. I've been chucking around in my Tims. So maybe maybe next year. Okay. Stampede.ca. We're shopping online. It's still shopping local. 
Check him out. Uh, Stampede Stallions of the week. Now you can go. I mentioned I'm on I'm on Team Tide right now. Warning issued, though they're going to be heading into a tough weekend against the Buffalo Bandit. So maybe warning issued two weeks from now. But <laughs> warning but, issued to to the Riptide. To the Riptide. Um, Connor Kiernan, who ah. scored four goals in that win, sixteen goals through four games. Oh, he's got. Only trailing Dane Doby for goals in the National Lacrosse League right now. Unreal stuff. Sorry for five games for, for Connor Kiernan. And when Dan Teep, not Jeff Teep, his teammate, but Dan Teep, who's the uh, offensive coordinator, assistant coach for I know who Dan is. Panther City Lacrosse Club, or people that don't know, <laughs> tweets out Connor Kiernan is one of the best off ball players in the game right now. Yeah. You gotta you gotta step back and give some respect. And Dan Teat is one hundred percent absolutely spot on and positive. Like Kiernan was everywhere in that lacrosse game, just so sneaky at finding open space. Like he loves to linger behind the net. Oh man. He loves he loves the pick and roll game. He's a righty who who sets picks for lefties. Like he's uh, rare to go across the floor and set a pick for like the crease lefty. And and he rolls off of that, and then Connor comes right across the crease, and somehow is able to catch passes and get a twister off and shoot from a from a wicked angle, which is rare for a righty to do. But that's his off ball mentality: is that he's on both sides of the floor, he's behind the net. I think three of his four goals are right on top of the goaltender. He's the only guy that sneaks through and takes that beating, takes that punishment. Uh, he cuts hard, and I love the way that Connor Kiernan has been playing lacrosse to start this season. He's found a rhythm with Call- Callum Crawford. He's found some rhythm with 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 Jeff Teat, and things are working right now. When all eyes are on Teat and well, that's Crawford, it. your secondary guys have to step up, and he's been burying every chance he's gotten. Well, he's feasting because the attention is going towards Callum, and and then when you got a guy that can pass the ball across the floor like Jeff Teat, like – Brad, I, you're getting ten a year if you're out on the floor with Jeff. Just team. have just, your yeah, have your stick ready. Get ready for those quick stick opportunities, and just have that nose to cut to the middle. And some one of those guys on the other side of the floor is going to find you. Yeah, but it's more than that with Kiernan. Like he he knows where to be and and when to be there. That's a knack that sometimes he really just can't coach. And to be able to adapt to play. With those those you know superstars, T Crawford, you throw another number one overall pick in, in Gibson in there as well. But he's really found his niche. And guys like Connor Kiernan, every offense in in the league loves at least you got it. You probably don't need more than one, but you gotta have at least one of a Kiernan, a Dinsdale, guys like this that just plug him in and tell them where they need to go and what to do. And they're going to do it all for you. And, and you know, if they're not getting guys open, then they're going to be open and they finish the ball when, when their opportunity comes. So great pick in, in Connor Kiernan. And he, he really makes that offense go like, I, you're right. I've been super impressed. And even with, without, those guys I think he's still been a, a pretty productive player so I didn't know a whole lot about Kiernan really over the last couple of years he's he's starting to catch my eye so you know it's it, what's caught my eye from him is just how um you know he doesn't take himself too seriously like my my two biggest Connor Kiernan memories up to this start of this season were him having to be a backup goaltender in San Diego once right last last season remember he had to put yeah. on the gears on the bench because they're 
I can't remember who the backup was, got, got, got sick. So he was, you know, who's, who wants to put the gear on? And I think he was going to be healthy that night or something. So he big team guy put the That's goalie awesome. gear on and sat on the San Diego bench. Yeah. And, and then there's, I don't know if you've seen this floating around the online, video with Jumbo, his brother. there's some, there's, I don't know what's going on. I don't there. know what it's, it's like a weird camera angle where he, there's a picture of Garrett with his stick up on the crease. And he looks like he's about five two two fifty. Like it's just the, the weirdest oh, I mean, stocky I seen this, little no. blob. And his brother tweets it out like every day. Like this is a, this is an NLL athlete. And this is, <laughs> they and, have a good Connor, time with each other. And Connor yeah. chirps back. Like it's fun. So I, I get the sense that he's a guy who doesn't take himself too seriously but put him on a lacrosse floor with Jeff Teat and Callum Crawford. And the guy's got 16 goals through, through five games. It's been unreal. Yeah. Uh, check, check out his pin tweet. Like, I think he's got this video up there with his brother and I think they, they go at each other. I think the whole family gets in on the act uh, with the pranks and practical jokes and all that sort of stuff. So great selection there. Welcome to the stable. Connor Kiernan, your Brad Stampede Stallion of the Week. Uh, my selection, I think my maybe first time for this, Brent. No, maybe not. But American-born Face-off extraordinaire for the Philadelphia Wings, Trevor Baptiste, is my stallion of the week. Got his first two goals of the campaign, which is always a bonus when when Trevor can pop in a couple. But both games for the Philadelphia Wings, mentioned 20 for 28 against Rochester, 21 of 29 against the Riptide, and... So he won. He won over fifty faceoffs this weekend. And almost no, was that sixty? That yeah, sixty faceoffs in two games. And a regular yeah. rotation on the defensive end out of the back eight there for Philadelphia, whose his defense has come a long, long way. You know, I think it like he was always going to win a lot of draws, but then learning what to do with the ball once you won the draw takes a little bit of time to figure out and box across. And then to add on to learn how to play defense and get through pick and rolls and all the rest of it, he has done it and done it well. And big Trevor Baptiste fan. Like, I like watching this guy play lacrosse. Yeah, and his first two goals. And and face off guys knowing when to go and take it down the middle. Like, we saw with Hamer Jackson in the 7 nothing run against Vancouver. Like, mm. I think he scored the third 3 nothing or the 4 nothing goal. Like, taking those opportunities. Don't take it when you're when you're down or when it's going to be risky, like they felt, he felt that the floodgates were open. He saw that opportunity and he took it. And you're right. His D has come a long way. Still, I think took two holding calls in the second game. So there is like, there is some tough one-on-one opportunities. And when, when he's switching off or a guy's trying to come over top, there's a little bit of clutch and grab there, but I think he can figure that out. I think Paul day and his staff can, can kind of clean that up for Trevor Baptiste, but yeah, to see him, battle the way that even when he loses a ball, there was a couple scrums in the game against New York where he was still like diving for loose balls and, and poking and, and fighting against Jay Thornburg to put up a pretty good fight against Baptiste. But yeah, he's doing absolutely everything that you want from him right now. He's playing a gritty lacrosse game and he's just, he's built like a tank, right? Like he yeah. pops that ball out, out a little bit, actually. Like he looks quicker, but still like if he's like two, he's like five, Oh, five nine boy. and like yeah. two something yeah. like yeah, like big big muscle boy right so it's tough to take him off his trajectory when he does come out 
with that ball. But yeah, I've been very impressed with what he's bringing to that team. And so clutch, like the, the, to win that face off and call the timeout on the overtime game a Dominic. couple weeks ago, like he could have been a, he could have been a stampede stallion almost any game so far this season. So Good choice there, too, Jumbo. There you go, Connor Kiernan, Trevor Baptiste. Welcome to the Stampede Tax Stable. You are this week's Stallions of the Week. Big opening quarter there. We got lots more to come here on EP 168. Larson Sundown of the New York Riptide. Minto Cup champion as well. Coming up next here on Lax Glass. Stick around. Hey, this is Patrick Dodds. You're listening to Lax Class, your source for all things NLL and box lacrosse. We're back, lacrosse classified, into the second quarter here on Lax Class 168. And first time on the podcast here. Yeah, that's true. It's Larson Sundown who had himself a big one for the New York Riptide who picked up their first win on the season, their second in their franchise history as they beat the Philadelphia Wings. And this guy was a large part of the reason why. Sonny boy, welcome uh, to Lax Class, man. Thanks for doing this. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Jumbo, Brad, thanks for having me. It's, uh, it's a pleasure to be on. Well, we're excited to have you on, man. Uh, and you had to be pretty excited on Sunday as the Riptide got it done. That was a bit of a wacky game. Like, you go up, they go up, you go back up, they go, like, back and forth it went. Uh, you guys managed to kind of pull it out at the very end. Uh, pretty fun time in the in the locker room after that one, I would imagine. Absolutely. No, we uh, we had the uh, music going pretty loud, and uh, we had guys like Danny Mack and Damo and uh, Mac Mitchell, you know, jumping around, and obviously Steven's very excited. You know, every, everyone was everyone was thrilled to finally uh, get the get the first win and uh, get that off our back. Uh, you know, obviously we've been in a couple ones, but you know, haven't managed to be able to pull them out. So it was uh, definitely some good vibes in there. I love this, man. You were the the Riptide's player of the game. Two goals, two go ahead goals in the third quarter. By the way, you gave your team the lead twice in that lacrosse game, Larson, but uh, you were the player of the game and you got a, a, a buoy, a, like a, like a Lifeguard. throw it off the side of the boat when someone's Baywatch. drowning buoy. Yeah. I, I mentioned you look like, you look like David Hasselhoff <laughs> on uh, Baywatch. Maybe a reference a little too, a little too old for you. My yeah, man. He's but like, Who? When did that, when did that come about? Like that, that was a, that was a pretty cool idea. And, and what are you doing with that buoy this week? Um, so I, I actually, I actually believe that the buoy was, um, the buoy was brought in this past year. I, th- I think it might have been Rich Lisk's idea. Um, and we, we all we all loved it as soon as he, uh, you know, introduced it to us. And um, obviously, you know, with us being, uh, you know, the riptide and having, you know, I guess that connection, you know, you know with the water and uh, what, you know, what, what you know, you have it be. Uh, they decided to go with the buoy. And uh, this week, this week, uh, I have to carry it with me and obviously bring it, bring it to the next game. But um, Sunday night, it was uh, it's pretty entertaining getting, the, you know, the looks I was getting when I was walking around the, uh, Xfinity Center um, with with the buoy and uh, these guys are you know looking at me hey you know are, are you gonna save me you know stuff like that so you know I was getting some trips it was it was it was all good fun. <laughs> Speaking with Larson Sundown, I your lacrosse journey has been a real interesting one, Sonny. Like it, you know I I didn't know who you were in, until you arrived in Coquitlam and and well I guess. Well, you walked me through this because there was a time in New West before that, like did you bounce back and forth a little bit, but you, you've been in Coquitlam, New West, Victoria, um, and then college with Limestone, then to RIT, like you've kind of run the gamut as far as 
getting a little taste of of what the sport has to offer from all over the continent. No, yeah, and no, you say that, and um, I've been very, very fortunate enough to play, and you know, all those, all those, you know, what I would say is, you know, hotbeds, you know, obviously New West and um, Coquitlam and Vic, and then when you talk about college, you know, Limestone, and then later RIT. Um, you know, what came about with New Westminster, I was very lucky to get brought out there after our trip for Iroquois Nationals, and then um, following that season, obviously Coquitlam grabbed me, and um, thankfully, Victoria and originally from me Seneca, Sonny, is that? Am I? Yep. Yeah, okay. The War Chiefs, yep. yep. That, was, that was where I first played. And that's that's where your hometown, what what part of the region are you in? Um, so I'm from Tonawanda. That's about an hour away from where uh, the you know the Seneca War Chiefs are located. Okay. Um, you know, they kind of just reached out early on and uh, you know, we were me and my brother and uh, you know a few of us go Abrams as well, we're excited to go play some competitive lacrosse, so we jumped on it. Long time off too, like second second round draft pick. 2020 you have to wait that full year before you get into a game finally happens this season with the new york riptide how are you spending your time um training in 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 the downtime larson and then about a year and a half off that you had there um you know one thing that really helped obviously was playing playing the uh the full collegiate year you know obviously some guys you know like teeter and you know you know other guys that were playing in the uh you know those leagues didn't, didn't get a chance to play so obviously you know getting getting that opportunity to play was huge um but i also you know would uh do my best to play in, you know, tournaments here and there. But, you know, I also attempted to take my training a little more seriously. And, uh, you know, obviously with guys like Callum and uh, Gibby around my locker room and uh, Dame, all those guys are a little bit bigger than I am. So I get to, you know, ask them and kind of pick their brains about that stuff to, uh, you know, in uh, in hopes prepare the best I can. Yeah, uh, it, looks like, it looks like it's paying off, Larson, the extra work that, that you've put in. You mentioned the collegiate career and – Tell me, walk me through RIT, the experience at RIT, leaving Limestone, going to RIT, getting that extra year to develop physically, mentally, but having a really great year on top of that. That really had to kind of pole vault you into your rookie campaign in the NLL with maybe more confidence and more readiness than you would have been not playing that year. Yeah, uh, no, I, you know, um, I, I can't, I, you know, I couldn't agree with you more. Um, when I, when I went to RIT, I was, uh, I was blown away at, you know, truly how much uh, talent was there. Um, but also, you know, at the, at the atmosphere that was, you know, within the locker room there, um, there was a connectedness that, you know, obviously is, um, involved in any championship group and you know, anyone can speak on that who's won. And, um, I was just really, really thankful to go there and be a part of, um, you know, what we had. And uh, obviously we had great leaders like Ryan Barnabal and uh, you know, Dawson Tate and, you know, a few of the other guys. And um, it was, it was uh, an unbelievable um, ending. I uh, obviously, you know, went to the championship with Limestone there and, um, you know, we didn't, uh, we didn't, you know, turn out on the, uh, on the uh, fortunate end there. And uh, so to go back there and, um, you know, kind of rewrite my uh, wrongs there with RIT and to do it with that group. And, um, captain you know, probably just, likes it too. Hey, eh? Danny, uh, former RIT guy as well. Right. That's a good way. Oh to... uh, yeah, no, absolutely. That was, uh, the, one of the best decisions right there was me transferring. Cause Danny, Danny does love that. Now you get to play on the floor with Jeff Teat, who you mentioned, what's oh. it been like you guys coming in as rookies together and, you know, get, getting fed by that guy and just working on the chemistry there on that left side. And Sonny head to head in a, in a mental cup that, you know, you, got a ring and he didn't you ever uh give teeter the gears about 2018 no i no i don't um <laughs> but that we actually they brought that up but um you know one of our you know pre-meetings but you know i i, I never did uh, obviously it was uh pure respect when uh, he was on the other side and, yeah. you know i was watching him you know score on us um but it's been 
it's been amazing to work with him. Uh, you know, him and Kiernan, they're, you know, they're so, um, they're so versatile, you know, with, with, uh, you know, what we can do is, a, you know, whether it's two man or three man, you know, whatever the case may be. Um, and you know, not, not only that, but the righties there, they're, uh, they're awesome. You know, they're, 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 they're looking for us inside and, um, you know, we're, we're obviously feeding that right back as well. And just as a unit, everyone works together, works for each other. So it's been awesome. Speaking with Larson Sundown and there's a lot of stuff I want to ask you, Sonny, but one thing I do want to want you to talk about is your dad, Gary, who, you know, he's, I know he watches every single game that you play, whether it be in person or online, but he's always sending me messages when I'm calling games that you're involved in. And I see him posting on Facebook and, you know, all sorts of supportive stuff. Uh, talk about the, the and, and your mom for that matter, Larson, the, the impact that your parents have had on you in your lacrosse career. Um, my dad, uh, my dad's played, uh, you know, obviously a, a pivotal role in uh, my life, just like any other player, you know, uh, you know, his father does. Um, but my, my dad actually started lacrosse on a reservation, um, when I was three years old. So in uh, 2000, he started it and, um, you know, obviously it wasn't, uh, you know, specifically for us, it was, you know, to give uh, the rest of the kids on our reservation, you know, a chance at, um, you know, something more. Um, and he's, uh, you know, not only has he, you know, given me a chance at, you know, more opportunities than I would have ever, you know, had, uh, he's done that for a lot of kids. And, um, you know, obviously, you know, my, my mom's played a, uh, a definitely a, a big role as well. Um, but my dad, um, you know, whether it was, you know, me being his water boy when my brothers were playing in high school, um, you know, traveling to games with him or, you know, if, you know, when it came from my time and, you know, you know, kind of, uh, being the young guy on the team and, um, you know, we we've had a long dream together and um i'm really uh i'm really thankful for all the support that they give me um you know they're great you know you you, you said it earlier you know, all the seasons i've spent uh in the out west and um, that's that's huge for a family to let their uh, let their son go like that so you know i'm just overall thankful for their support and you know sometimes they you know they can be a bit crazy but you know all parents are and i i love them for that what's it like putting on that iroquois nationals jersey larson Oh, it's, um, it's an unbelievable feeling. You know, I've, uh, I've been very, very lucky to do that, uh, twice, twice. And, um, it's like nothing else, right? Like, uh, you yeah, can't no, compare it to it's, anything. It's, it's, it's unexplainable. Um, you know, I think when our, the first time we were in Coquitlam there, you know, competing against, um, you know, Teeter again, and uh, obviously the, you know, the great guys are on USA. Um, it, it really, it moved me a lot more to know that when, we were out there, we visited, uh, obviously the Squamish nation and, um, we spent, you know, some time with them and it, it gave me a perspective that, you know, not only are we out there representing our communities and our families, um, but we're representing all of Indian country. And, uh, it's truly, it's truly a remarkable feeling. And, um, you know, obviously I'm so grateful for any time I can be with that group. Well, I'm just kind of doing the math here, Sonny, and, and thinking ahead a little bit to 2028 in Los Angeles and, the potential for the Olympics and sixes like that is going to be right in your wheelhouse. As far as your prime goes, I know there is a ton of talented players, yeah. but how like that's going to be sitting in your, your stomach a little bit thinking ahead about making that team and making it to LA and making it to the Olympics. That is that a dream for you? Um, oh yeah, no, um, I can't, I, I, I could not put into words what it would mean to, uh, obviously represent, um, you know, the native American communities at, at that level. 
Um, you know, we, we've had uh, we've had Native American athletes participate in the Olympics before and win uh, gold medals for the USA. But um, I think to finally, you know, whether I'm at that the games or, you know, whether I'm at the event or not, I think just to have the uh, lacrosse in the Olympics is in holding the, the most is, yeah, is, you know, and especially to have us there as well, yeah. you know, is the most amazing thing ever. Um, I can't I can't speak on it more than that. It really is. Uh, it, it's, it's something that. Obviously, when, when you watch the Summer Olympics, it's something you dream of. You know, you wonder why our sport isn't there. And, you know, because it's, it's you know, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's older than a lot of other ones. I'll tell you that, right? Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> all of them. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> all of yeah. them. Yeah, no, exactly. so it's, yeah, no, it, exactly. It's old, you know, old sport time. So I'm, you know, whether I'm there or not, it'll be amazing to see that event go, you know, go forward. And, uh, you know, I'm obviously it's, yeah, I'm, I'm excited about it. And, um, you know, I'm hoping that, you know, I'll have that opportunity to be, to be a part of that group. And, uh, you know, obviously just l- looking forward to it. Yeah. But, you know, we're right now, right now trying to focus on uh, what's going on ahead. For sure. And a uh, big weekend for your Riptide coming up. I know you're at work. And what are you doing for work? Because you're taking a little break to chat with us right now while you're at work, which we appreciate. But what do you do? Um, so I'm just, I'm, I'm just a security guard. Uh, obviously you can tell I'm, you know, quite the, uh, bruiser out there now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, and, I, I, hey, I and they're slipping job. through wherever, wherever you're not no. right now. So, uh, no. uh we appreciate no, it, no. man. We appreciate no, it. That's probably gives no. you a little flexibility to travel and, and play as well. Right. Absolutely. No, they're, they're very flexible and, you know, everyone, everyone at the shop's very supportive of me, you know, so when I, when, when I'm leaving for games, I'm getting a lot of good lucks and, you know, so it's it's awesome. I really am. I'm, I'm grateful for everyone here. Well, Sonny, we're grateful for you, and we appreciate you coming on Lacrosse Classified. Excellent job for your debut, man. You did really well here, and uh, you're playing some great lacrosse for the Riptide. Keep it up. I'll be watching. Jumbo Chow, thank you guys. Really appreciate you guys having me on. Thank you. Thanks, Larson. Talk to you, man. Good luck the rest yep. of the way. Yep. Take care. Larson Sundown, New York Riptide. Two goals. Two. You see those goals, Jumbo? Like the oh, one. The big... So one, I want to talk about. So they were both power play goals, but one not your traditional power play goal. Jeff T hustles back and God, he basically single handedly causes an eight second count on. But he didn't even do anything, then, Brad. Like he just was kind of waving he's just the there. stick. He was just there. Like he just he, he just he's so fast. People and don't he's talk. There. And then it was a. It was a long bomb up the floor for Sonny. Yeah. Beautiful shot. And then the second one, power play, the big head fake, and, and then like all the fakes. Yeah. And just Higgy had 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 nothing. But the guy's got great patience and, and great mitts down low. And I think it's that lacrosse journey that you were trying to get out of him. RIT, New West, Victoria, Coquitlam. He's like done it all. The kid's been around a lot of different cultures, a lot of great coaching. And it's paying off right now. Fantastic draft pick by, by the New York Reds. I'm, I'm like, liking watching this team play offense. There's so many things going through my head right now, but Pete, nobody talks about his four checking prowess. And yeah, like he may not strip the ball from you or pick off a pass every single time he does it. But like you said, he may cause you an eight second violation. He may force you to throw a pass. You don't want to throw that results in a turnover. And if nothing else, he's chewing off 10 seconds of time on the shot clock. But like with all the offensive and the vision and the shooting, nobody talks about that with Jeff T. And he might be the best in the end of like Adam Jones, yeah, Sean I Evans. Say he's not all, all the greats have it, right? All the great offensive players. Shot some of them like you're like, rattling off. I think like Tom Schreiber is one of the best right now. Again, he does not going to strip you clean. 
but he's going to disrupt you enough yeah. that you're going to have a trouble, trouble time cross, crossing center and and quick. Like people don't use the word quick when they think about Tipa. You watched that game the other night, and he was one of the fastest guys on the floor. And he never and costs you in transition by doing it either. Which no, is, it's not like T get to the bench. Like yeah. he's doing something effective while he's out there. So you're you're okay with yeah. that. And just to get back to to Larson, for a kid coming out of the Tonawanda Reserve to you know head west as a young boy to try his luck at Junior A Lacrosse to win a Minto Cup the following year. Then go even further west and stay and, and and play for the Victoria Shamrocks. All the while, like the college, this is not something that a lot of Indigenous youth, not only do they get the opportunity to do, but even if they do sometimes have a difficult time doing it because they're just kind of thrown into a completely different world and culture and it's shocking and they miss home and it's tough. And I think it's really made Larson who he is, the player that he is, the person that he is, but he still keeps his roots near and dear to his heart. And I think his dad is a big part of that. So you can tell like when he started talking about the Iroquois and putting that Jersey on how much it meant to him. And it was an indescribable feeling that you can't compare to anything else. No, and lucky for his sake, it won't be the last time he does either. Like I'll be wearing that that purple and gold many times over going forward. Jeff Teat and Larson Sundown, and then and throw Gibby in there. Yeah. Like good player, good quarter right there with Larson Sundown. We got another good quarter coming up as we are going to talk to the director of communications from the Halifax Thunderbirds, Tyson Geik, is on the other side. Keep it right here, Lax Class One Sixty Eight back after this hey this is a NL Hall of Famer pedal tool you are listening to lacrosse classified halftime is now over we are into quarter number three here on EP 168 uh, great chat there with sunny boy Larson sundown got another one coming up right now he is the director of communications for the Halifax Thunderbirds. He is the founder of the Lacrosse Flash, but maybe the most famously known for being the intro to Lacrosse Classified Podcast. Tyson Geik back on the pod. What's up, Geiker? Oh, not too much. Thank you for having me, fellas. It's always nice to join Lacrosse Classified. Lots to talk about. Oh, my goodness. Is there ever? And I'm not sure. We'll get into some T-Bird stuff here momentarily. But I think we need to start off with Thunderbirds 360. This little endeavor that you've taken on, Tyson, has really captivated the entire lacrosse community like, this is rivaling Hard Knocks, uh, the, the NHL behind-the-scenes stuff. Like, this is top. Tell me this. How long does it take you, tip to tail, to produce one of these episodes? Well, we've got, obviously, the, the stuff you're going to see at the beginning uh, in terms of, like, team practice and then the travel to the arena and, you know, getting to the arena. That, that's all the, the, the production that goes into it on game weeks. But when we're at home... Uh, I'll be shooting with uh, Riley Strobridge and, and Kyle McDonald, and we have a bit of a pre-production meeting, and I'll kind of explain to them what I'm looking for and the, the shots that I'm hoping for on the weekend. 
um, you know, we want to capitalize on the best storylines. And, and what's been amazing about this season so far is that I think these episodes have kind of wrote themselves. It's been incredible. But yeah, so, so you got your, your pre-production work, the, the shooting itself, um, you know, interviews all throughout the weekend when I'm with the guys. And then afterwards, it got about two days to kind of turn it around. And that's, that's sitting down, laying out your clips, going through all the footage. And well, I was going to say, know, maybe, best, maybe two and a half and, when you got to cut out a Kersey's F-bombs every, every third word, right? Oh, you, you think you're done and then that adds another <laughs> Just leave it in, man. I, leave it. Like a, him and, I him and Jammer, it's a ton of fun between the two of them. We have to have a contest at the end of the year to see who, who has the more or who, who has the most F-bombs because it's, uh, it's, it's pretty funny, but you know, give give those guys credit. They they make things so epic in the dressing room, and it, you know, Jammer speaking gets me fired up. The guys have so much respect for Mikey Kersey, and he's been amazing. Like he he just I, all the guys really like they buy in, they get what we're trying to do, and this project doesn't exist without the buy in from this team, and that's what's been the most impressive. I, I can't imagine doing it with with any other group of guys. Well, just stay out of his way on the practice floor, though. Like you don't want to get in <laughs> oh, man. To, uh, like bit sour like he like I, I at first like i i think he was serious and then it kind of turned into a bit of a joke right but like he was he was on you a little bit for getting in the way well jammer loves to razz me so you know like i'll let him know that i need him for an interview upstairs in the ila and then he's you know he's not coming up so i go downstairs and i get a little bite to eat because all the team's eating downstairs and then he comes in yelling at me he says you let me know that you want me for an interview and then I come up and you're not there and you're just down here eating. He loves to give me a hard time, but Jammer's one of the best. He's, uh, he's great for sound bites and, and he's another guy who, who just gets it. Right. So we have a lot of fun and like all, all the guys on the team, it's just, there's not one guy you dislike in that locker room. You know, I, I joke about it, but it's true. Like the, the marketing and social media roster for the Halifax Thunderbirds is deeper than some player rosters on some teams around the national lacrosse league Tyson, like Kurt has been all about it since day one of moving to Halifax. And you've been a big part of putting this team together, but where did the vision come from, from 360? Like whose brainchild was it to say, you know what, we're going to do this this year and everyone's going to buy in and then we're going to go from there and see what we get. Well, Brad, to your first point, I think you definitely have to give credit to Kurt Styers, who's put the money in to get certain staff on board, but he's also just trusted in, in members of our team, like Charlie Ragusa, who, essentially you know he built this team he built this media team and he believed in in myself um he and i spoke about pat joining the broadcast in, in the early stages and i recommended pete Dalladay to him who's been great for us on the calls and pete and i worked together on peterborough lakers broadcast back in the day and then charlie gets austin on board and, and ty marrow is a great pickup uh, who used to work for the georgia swarm of course and um, we just kept building the team and uh, it got stronger and stronger. And Kyle uh, McDonald and, and Riley Strobridge, who I already mentioned, are, are also fantastic. So we've got one deadly team that just cares. Like there's so much passion there and we care about the sport. We care about this team. We want to see things grow. And I think that just kind of, you know, shows it in the work that we've done. But when it comes to 360, you know, I had a tough decision to make uh, last summer. Uh, I was potentially going to stay on full time with the, Vancouver Canucks and then I had this opportunity here and I had to make a decision with which one I was going to go for and having the creative freedom to create a project like 360 was 
a big part of why I came here to Halifax and um, I wanted to come back strong in this league and show what I could do because now I've got, you know, a little bit bigger of a team. It's not huge, but we have a bit of a budget and I really wanted to show, you know, what I could personally do. And we wanted to showcase this sport and showcase the personalities of the players on, on this roster. And um, after being off for, for a year and a half, you know, we have to come back in, in a way that's much bigger than, than any other season. We have to make the city of Halifax fall in love with this team and that's that's what 360 is all about. And I think you know, we've been dealt another tough hand with the, the lockdowns that are going on here in in Halifax. And it's been a challenge having a couple of home games postponed, having road games postponed, but we're still trucking on. And I think the, the community starved for lacrosse content. They really do love this team. And, you know, we give them that behind the scenes access that you're not seeing with any other team at this point. Speaking with Tyson Geik, Halifax Thunderbirds, and and clearly, like you mentioned, Kurt has put an emphasis and he is in, invested in the social media. And I think you can see the the dividends paying off from it. And I know this is probably out of your control, but how do we how do we get more teams doing things like this, Tyson? Is it just a matter of spending the money, or is it something else? Like how? Like there's a couple of teams in this league that I feel like are head and shoulders way above others in our league. And, and Halifax is being one of them. How do we get everybody up to that level? Hire people that care. I don't know what other, what more to say, but people that care that, that actually, you know, eat, sleep and breathe lacrosse. That's what we have here in, in Halifax. And, and there are certainly some other teams that, you know, have some people on board that uh, have started to do the same, but, we're so invested in this, and I think that that's such a big, a big piece. But we have tried to start to at least, and and we've got a lot of work to do here in, in Halifax as well. Like we we can be better, um, but we've started to set that bar. And I am around at any point in time if someone wants to reach out and say, hey, you know, how do we make something happen? How do we bring our production up to this level? I mean, the, the league reached out to me in the summer and asked about my kind of like studio style clips that I was doing. And, and I was happy to help and, and make suggestions as to, you know, how they could kind of adopt uh, a certain look. Yeah, um, NLL Minute. By but, the way, uh, I, I think I clocked the last one at like a buck 41, by the way. So yeah, it was tight up so there. Long. It was, yeah. yeah lots to pack in there but yeah that's the thing i mean we need to all work together right like we uh, oftentimes talk and 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 we'll trip each other from from different accounts and stuff and every team wants to be the best but this is so cliche we're all in this together right like the better content you're getting from each team the more professional it looks the more it looks like the real deal we can't have half-assed content coming out because it makes us all look like like crap so we all have to work together, kind of, you know, share, share our secrets. And um, if I'm helping to set the bar in this league with, with what we're producing and other teams follow suit, we're all better in the end. Do you guys kind of feel like you're leading by example? Like you're putting out the best stuff you possibly can. I and, do. you know, other teams should be, should be, it seems like that's what, like, I wonder if that's just conscious on your guys' part. Hey, let's just kick ass and, and hopefully everybody will see this and get a little jelly and want to do it um, the same or better and maybe come up with their own unique ideas going forward. Yeah, exactly. Um, I, I think that's, that's definitely it. You know, we keep our, our content coming out consistently, looking better and learning from 
our mistakes from week to week and, and just continuing to improve. I think other teams are kind of going to be forced to, to do the same. Like no team wants to be um, last in line there. So no. I mean, they um, they're, they're going to try to, right. They're going to try to keep up. So we're, we're not thinking about that too much, but um, we're all, again, we're all just so passionate about it that uh, it's going to be seen in the, in the work that we're, we're doing. And, you know, I do want to give a shout out to, to a few of the teams in the league. Um, who have elevated their social presence and what they're producing because for some teams it's looking really good like I've been extremely impressed with what I've seen from Panther City yeah I was gonna say if Um, you didn't mention them I was going to yeah yeah Panther City has been great Um, the team in San Diego uh, consistently does a, a great job as well and you know there's other teams Vancouver is actually in terms of the graphics department at least and and online presence I think I've seen some major improvements from them so it's nice to see those teams kind of you know start to um, get things together and and develop a bit of a voice on on social media because again it makes us all better in the end and and makes this league stronger it's the world we're living in right now and get on board or get off the tracks sort of thing because this (laughs) is it like this is what like I, I swear to god like people that are looking for a National Lacrosse League team to cheer for that may be out of market somewhere, see 360 and see the NLL Minute and see the – they're picking Halifax. Like, and it's that simple. It's because of what they see online. As we speak with Tyson Geik well, here, who – sorry, Tyson. I did, yeah, yes. No, Jumbo, here's the thing. It's like when we're putting this content together and I'm, I'm showcasing what – Jake Withers is like behind the scenes and Austin Don't Shanks do that because Cody I, James. That's dangerous. Showing what Withers <laughs> is like behind the it, scenes. It is. Wiz and I have this joke that we're going to create Thunderbirds after dark. It's going to be the, uh, you know, the, 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 the 18 and up uh, series. Yeah, but call of duty. Just, just kidding, of course. But when, when people start to, to see these guys and they develop a love for them because they see what they're, what they're like in real life, I think that goes pretty far and you're going to have, Fans, once we're able to do it, and in the autograph signings and stuff, they'll, they'll oh, wait there the extra hour after the game stuff. to come and see these guys and get a jersey. And I don't know if this is related by any means, but um, I guess the, the numbers came out for Fanatics apparel and and how teams were doing. And Halifax was fifth in in Fanatics uh, apparel, which you who's know, number one? I, I like to think is uh, I think it's Philly. Okay, but we have not promoted our Fanatics page. But, yeah, no, and you're talking about a franchise still... that's only two years old versus Philly's been around for, yeah. you know, in one iteration or another for, for 30 years. I bet, you know, that's, that's pretty impressive to make a mark in two seasons. Yeah. Yeah. Good for swag sure. And too. I, I like to think what we're doing online, like our presence has a big part to do with that. And, you know, people want to rep the Thunderbirds brand and, and that's what I want to continue to see. I want to see that logo across Canada when, yeah, well... when people are thinking of a team. Pick Halifax, baby. Good colors, good logo, and good looking, good looking merch there in, in Halifax. I tell you, if I wasn't uh, affiliated, I'd be picking some stuff up. Uh, <laughs> I swear we're gonna talk some some Thunderbirds here, but I gotta say, man, uh, I was a little jelly watching you uh, gliding over the frozen pond out there in in California with the jets on. You've really mastered the drone as well. Uh, some of these shots coming in were pretty freaking spectacular, man. It looked like a lot of fun out there with, uh, I guess, a group of friends that you've really just kind of, I don't know if you knew these people before you moved back there or whether you got a kind of a new social network, but 
a lot of things happening for you personally back there, Tyson, including a new puppy. A new puppy, Flash, will be coming home. Flash, uh, nice and on. Okay, on I like yeah, it. Flash yeah, okay. coming home on February 9th. But yeah, we were we were on the the lake the other day with uh, the content cowboys. That was Stroby and, and Kyle McDonald and Chad Bannister, who's our uh, Thunderbirds DJ. And what an awesome crew out here! It's just we got such a a great squad of of guys, and you know everyone likes to hang out on the side. And Kyle's got his drone going. I've got my drone going. So. The, the content cowboys are alive and well on the east coast awesome i i haven't flipped through uh the salt wire the halifax news wire in the last uh, little while tyson but where are we at for regulations will there be a home game you guys got a three game home stand in february hopefully um will the nest be rocking on february 4th do we think i would absolutely love to see it brad i think we're going to find out a little bit more on wednesday uh, there's, there, we're set to have a press conference and more news will be made available then. So, um, can't allude to too much more. I, I don't know exactly what we're going to see here. It's, uh, it should be interesting. Obviously we're, we're kind of chomping at the bit to get back and home there and it'd be great to play in front of the fans of the Thunderbirds. Um, again, you know, I think everyone here is, is excited and wants to see the team back on home floor, but, um, we're hoping not to to have to postpone any more games because that homestand would be great for the team and um, just just great getting that buzz back in the city. Well, and the other thing, it it really condenses the back half of your schedule, which makes things a little bit tougher. Man, was I ever looking forward to Halifax and Buffalo this past weekend? Like, I, oh, that was a toughie. We, that was a toughie. We we were sitting there together, and Stroby goes, "I just got the notification that." We were supposed to be playing Buffalo right now, and it, it was a bit of a heartbreaker because that game, mark it on your calendars. It's yeah. going to be electric. Yeah. I'm, I'm super, super pumped. And, yeah, I mean, the, the having the schedule backloaded like that, it does become a little bit different, uh, difficult before a, you know, a huge playoff run here, hopefully, for us. So we just, we just want everyone to be health, healthy and ready to go. Well, let's let's talk about the the health of the Halifax Thunderbirds because coming out of the gates it was a bit of a, a tough go for you guys you didn't have your captain for the first couple and then of course uh, Shanksy was out and uh, Dutchie goes down and and there was a lot of like things just weren't kind of clicking on the left side but there you guys are without a loss on on the ledger so far you guys got to be pretty pleased with where you sit right now considering all the things that you've kind of had to endure, including the postponements of home games and a long layoff and all the injuries and all the rest of it. Yeah. yeah. Listen, Jumbo, I think it's, you got to tip your hat to guys like Kurt Styers and Mike Kersey and the entire coaching staff, the scouts out there who have built this team to be what it is. And it's just such a deep roster that you can have those guys go down and not necessarily have to, worry an extreme amount that you're going to get blown in in a game or are we going to be able to make this work they've just built such a a strong roster and if if one guy goes down the next guy's up and ready to go you look at that first game unbelievable like Cody Jamison out five minutes before the game Reese Dutch comes in and and puts up a hat trick named first start of the game And, and that's what I was talking about with Thunderbirds 360 just kind of writing itself it was picture perfect it was poetic um but the same things continue to happen throughout the course of the year we Shanks had connor watson come yeah, in. yeah you know, he comes in a monster performance you had 
uh, Clark Peterson with, with his monster Six, performance yeah. in the last game against the rock. Like if it's not one guy, the next guy's stepping up and, and getting the job done. And it's, uh, it's really cool to be a part of and extremely fun to watch, but it's all, you know, everyone's working together to, to make it work from front office to the guys on the floor. Two one goal victories and then a home victory against the Toronto rock as well. So a couple of tight games for, for the Halifax Thunderbirds. What, what needs to be improved through the first three games? You think? I think the team could start to play a little bit tougher, you know, play with a little bit more confidence. Um, something that's it's certainly a confident bunch, but you know, this team needs to just believe in themselves I think Warren Hill has been absolutely phenomenal. I think the defense might have to take a little bit of the pressure off of him. His save totals just keep climbing throughout the season. The 52 saves in the last game against the Toronto Rock there. He's kept his team in it uh, in all three of the, the games um, that we played this season. So I, I think the defense might need to tighten up just a little bit better, but you are going to see those things kind of start to improve as the year goes along. Cody Jameson talked about it on the last episode of 360, where he was out of the lineup for the first, you know, two games. And it just throws a wrench in, in your plans a little bit, right? Because he is a bit of a quarterback for that offense. So these guys are still trying to gel and, and getting a sense of playing with one another. And I think you're going to see the offense even start to improve a little bit, but um you know, the Thunderbirds have, have been up in their last two games and they've kind of let Toronto creep back into it and keeping their foot on the gas, playing a full 60 minutes. Again, you know, such a, a big cliche, but they need to put these teams away when they, they have that opportunity. And that's what I'm hoping to see in, in the next one. You can't take a team like the Albany Firewolves uh, lightly. I think it's a team that always, they're just such a wild card. You never know what you're going to get from them. And I think Halifax definitely has the edge, but uh that's where Albany always gets you is when you go in there thinking you have the win, you know, under your belt. Yeah. Speaking with Tyson Geick, uh, sideline reporter for the, the Halifax Thunderbirds as well. I forgot about that. Uh, you mentioned Warren Hill and yeah, here's a guy that, that I've never met before and has really kind of slowly come along. Like even back through the six nations organization, like coming out of school and just kind of like, oh, is he there? But it was Dylan Ward and it was Vino and Kirk and Miller and all these guys were kind of playing in front of him and he never really, but he just kind of kept plugging away at his craft. And, you know, even to the to the point where you guys tried to go out and, and sign Dougie and, and that kind of didn't work out, Warren did not let that phase him one bit or his belief in himself. And, you know, I, I saw the video where he got the game ball and, you know, like he looks like a very quiet kind of shy guy. I'm imagining that's how he is away from pe like people he's not comfortable with. But you've probably had a chance to, to get to know Warren pretty well in your time there. Tell me more about yeah. Warren Hill and kind of what makes him tick. Oh, man. What, first off, what a great human. He, his energy is infectious such a, a big part of this team and will be in, in so many years to come. Nothing really shakes him, right? Like he he's always just even keel, ready to play, making the saves when he's called upon. He can say he allows a bad goal. Like it's not getting into his head. And, and that's what's, you look at a lot of goaltenders and they're they're just in their own head sometimes like they, they get off their game they they get a little bit shook they're they're yelling at themselves or yelling at other people you're never ever gonna see that from Warren he is that that calming presence in that for this team 
And when it comes to his personality off the floor, like sitting him down for interviews, he's one of my favorite guys to talk to. He always comes up with these little sound bites and he, he cracks you up. And I don't know if you guys have noticed, but over the past couple of games, he's got the game balls and Micah Kersey saying, you know, he, I don't know what we're going to do here. You, you're going to need a whole other cabinet to, <laughs> to put these game balls away. Yeah. In. Um, but, but he's got this thing where, you know, he, he kind of speaks quietly and he's all bashful. And then he goes, ah, let's get bombed. Yeah. And, and all the guys in the dressing room go nuts. So I, I hope to tell that story on the next episode of 360 because it's been three times in a row now. And, uh, oh man, he's, he's, he's just, king of the he's hill. awesome. He's king got the res- this respect of, of all the guys on the team. Yeah. King of the Hill. And that, that does wonders for, for the fans. They, they love him too. You hear the guys get their names announced when they're yeah. running out onto the, onto the turf and he gets some of the loudest cheers for sure. So Warren's, uh, Warren's a wicked dude. Two-parter for me here, Tyson, who, what player yeah. loves the camera the most and what player hates the camera the most? Oh, I don't know. That's a, that's a really, really tough question. (laughs) So close. So close, Bradley. So close. I would have preferred good question because I get points for that, but tough question could be construed a little differently, but yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Like, honestly, I I don't think there's anyone that's a camera hog. Like they're really hoping for it. Um, I think, I think Tyson Bell loves the camera the most, but just when you're kind of like paparazzi filming them, um he's an interesting was, cat hey tyson Bell. dude I, and t is another guy he's just he's an awesome taco a great personality taco. that taco that needs to be showcased <laughs> yes. because he he's just he's unique he's himself he doesn't give a shit who who knows it and uh i think he's elevated his game big time this season too he is a He's been a lot of fun to watch, a lot of fun to listen to on the bench and stuff. Getting off topic, but uh, he he really he loves the camera. Um, guys that are like great on camera, Austin Shanks is is fantastic. Uh, Mike Kersey is is you know every week uh, there and ready to chat, so he's doing a great job. Uh, Billy D loves the camera too, I should oh, yeah. say. Oh, yeah. And then and then who hates it? Some of the guys. They, they don't like sticking around for the interviews. I think, I think Steph might Steph LeBlanc. He's been good about it. Like no one's bad about it, but, yeah. but uh, just he, like, ah, okay, fine. Man, he's elusive. Yeah, We've yeah, never yeah, had Steph have, on, have we? Like, have we no, we haven't. Like, that's why I, I said like a few years. It's, it's this is years ago now. But I remember when he scored his 500th point. We're like, has this guy ever been interviewed? Like, no one ever hears from <laughs> Steph LeBlanc. He just quietly, Cliff Smith, as he East. does on the floor, goes about and does his business. But yeah, yeah I was laughing because he scores the game winner against his old team. That always feels sweet obviously so i don't think he was too uh he minded too much chatting after that game he's so soft-spoken until you're um you're driving with him back you know after a practice to the hotel and from from hamilton to mississauga and then you know one time he's like can you tell i've had so much coffee i'm like dude i have not heard you speak this much ever (laughs) um but he's a great guy it's been really nice getting to know him i've known him for years but this is you know it's been the first extended period of time We, we fly together all the time uh, he, KJ, and I from Halifax to Toronto, obviously, and uh, and Steph's an absolute beauty. So, yeah, it's it's just going to be a, a praise fest for me with with everyone on this roster. They're all just such awesome guys. Well, you're an absolute beauty as well. Uh, another one back to keep Jamie Batley in line for us. Uh, I know he can he can get off the rails pretty easy. So keep bats in uh, line. Uh, Steph is like love, uh, the, and, uh, sorry, bats man. What a guy! Yeah. What a guy bats is. <laughs> yeah. we, and we we go way back too to the, the Peterborough sure. Lakers days. So sure. it's been, been really fun being reunited with him, and 
we got to have some fun together down in, in Jacksonville, Florida yeah. uh, for the draft. And yeah. uh, again, you know, nice to connect with him, but he, he keeps everyone in line here and, and he's on top of everything that he's doing with our COVID compliance. So okay. um, shout out to bats for doing great work there. Yeah, I was just going to say about Steph, like we were talking about just the other night, like Cliff Smith, I don't like we we tried to get that guy on our our radio show for like five years. Wouldn't do it. Just couldn't get no. him. No, <laughs> no, I don't do interviews. I don't Whoa. do interviews. That was his line. Wait, like funniest guy, nicest guy you're ever gonna meet, having a chat with Cliff Smith, but he just did not want the spotlight whatsoever. I'm gonna give it some more thought now and, and see who really you know, fights it when I ask them for a quick interview. Right. Some guys, you know, they, they, they clam up a little bit, yeah. but yeah, there's, there's no avoiding the camera right now. Okay. They're all in the spotlight. They're all looking like rock stars. So why well, not take advantage of it? Right? You're a rock star, man. Can't wait to see you back between the benches and uh, the next Thunderbirds 360. I look forward to it every single time. Appreciate your time. And, uh, We'll chat soon, buddy. Good to, good to, good yeah. to conversate with you. Yeah, no, hey, uh, Jumby and, and uh, Brad want to say great job on the on the broadcast. It's awesome getting the chance to listen to you both reunited on the, the Warriors broadcast. I think it was a long time coming. You do a great job and extremely consistent with lacrosse classified here. And that's what, again, that's what this sport needs. It's just guys like, like yourselves digging in and uh, obviously passionate, giving the best coverage that's, you could possibly ask for in the sport and without guys like you you know we don't move forward so keep up the great work appreciate it man there Thank is you, director Thank of you. communications founder of the lacrosse flash and uh that sexy little voice you hear off the top on, on the lacrosse classified intro that's all tyson guy he'll be back between the benches for the halifax thunderbirds hopefully early february that Interview brought to you by Rycor Construction. Make it stand out at Rycor. I was talking about it uh, right when they kind of came on board here. That might be time for for a little upgrade in the kitchen here at Casa de Jumbo. So I might get Rycor on board there. See if we can maybe work out a little deal and. Uh, See what happens there. So, Rycor Construction, make it stand out. Give them a follow. Instagram, Facebook, Rycor Construction, Inc. Uh, they got a website as well. Let me give you the contact information. I always like to do that with our friends at Rycor if I can find. And I can't find it. But make it stand out. That's what they do. And thanks to Tyson Geick for stopping by the program. we got one more quarter to come. It's going to be a biggie, a full slate of games on deck for week nine seven of them every team is in action and of course lax class locks somebody got a little lucky last weekend as well don't call it luck man. it's don't all it luck. coming up in the fourth quarter stick around lacrosse flash podcast network back up to this associated labels and packaging a fun family company that offers premium quality labels and packaging with unparalleled service with 40 years of experience, an extensive product catalog, and an ever-growing fleet of equipment, Associated Labels and Packaging is the perfect fit to take your labels and packaging to the next level. Hey, this is Wesley Berg from the San Diego Seals. You're listening to Lack Class. And now it's time for another round of Who You Got. There we go. Uh, welcome back. Fourth quarter. No more breaks. Uh, big thanks to Associate Labels and Packaging. Uh, the big boss down there, Sean Ashworth. Another happy guy. I mentioned big 49ers fan. 
And they got it down over the Packers, so all is good down at Associated Labels Packaging, including their labels and packages, uh, focusing on ethics, quality, and of course, family-owned. Coquitlam, over 40 years, environment is always on the top of the forefront there as well. AssociatedLP.com, need a label, need a package, they are your people. Uh, Brad Challenger, Evan Scheminer with us as well here for the fourth quarter. Coming up, who you got, lax class locks, all of that. But Bradley, you want to kind of dig into this big week nine we have on deck here with seven games on the slate, all on Saturday night. I don't know. I don't have enough eyeballs for this, but I'm going to do my best. What are you looking forward to here? Well, here, let's 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 name it first. I think it's called uh, National Lacrosse, Super Saturday in the National Lacrosse League. All fourteen teams in action. No cross conference games, which I find super intriguing. The entire West is going to get at it. The entire East is going to get at it. There's battles for last place. San Diego, no matter what happens this weekend, will still be in first in the West. But some interesting standing shakeups could go down in the East as playoff positions get jockeyed up. But the game I'm looking forward to the most probably going to happen at Pechanga, San Diego and Calgary. Calgary hasn't played since December 17th boys, like forever ago. And their last game was that absolute drubbing when Dane Doby rolled into mm. Calgary and showed why his Jersey is going to be up in that rafters. And, uh, and hopefully, hopefully a long time away as we want to see more Dane Doby. Well, one day for sure, forever a roughneck, but Calgary on that long break, Del Bianco wanting to bounce back. Um, San Diego goes back home. They're four and one. Calgary's just going to be so livid. And for the same reasons that they beat the rush when they got spanked by the bandits, I think they come back and try to wow. do some damage against the San Diego. Well, let's Steel. remember so that's, that's the game I'm looking forward to the most. Yeah, let's remember that Dobie was power play only in that second half as well with a banged up leg and i don't know yeah, how, so do they even have them how have much them, it's man. recovered since then but uh you know is frankie back he should be so it's gonna be an interesting game there in san diego no question evan what about you what uh what's what's on the top of your mind when you think about this bonanza in week nine super it's, saturday in the national i Christmas. don't like super saturday i'm going bonanza <laughs> It's is the stretch of three games at the end that's going to tell us a lot, a lot because right now the West is only guaranteed three spots in the playoffs. Keep that in mind. So you've got Panther City one and four, Saskatchewan one and four, Calgary one and two, and if they keep racking up these losses, the West will probably be stuck with three playoff teams. So especially with the rush right now one and four, if they lose this one i just don't know how they can come back i i really don't so this is i think this is the make or break game for the rush it's gonna be a big one there in saskatchewan from no question that courier is still a member of the rush yeah but that was a cold take hot, turned out to be a cold take there challenger that was Evan's take. That was I said, my does take. He get traded? Uh, Evan's take. I, you I were said, spitting does he that as well. I said, does he finish the season okay. as the member of the rush? And Evan said, I don't know if he finishes the week. Yeah. Um, the week, well, it, it was a bye week last week for Sass, so it's not over yet. We're still a few days away from, from game day. Here's the trade I was thinking about this weekend, watching the Rochester Nighthawks offense. Evan, do you do Courier for Curtis Knight? In a heartbeat. 
It's not that's enough. That's not even a question. It's not enough. They, they're I think that's a, great, that's a great one for one. It's a great one for no. one. For who? For both teams. Nah, I think you put Courier in a position where it's has he scored everywhere. I think he's got one goal one. in five games with Sass. So he goes to Rochester where he's surrounded by Peterborough. He can fit into that system, I think, a lot better. Played there and, before. And Niter goes home. Niter goes home to Sass to play with Matthews and 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 Keenan and all the Whippy crew. And I think that's a that's an easy one for one. Well, I, think I think Sask is making that would, deal. Those teams would benefit. I don't think Rochester's making that deal one for one. I just don't see it. I don't see it. And let's not forget that I think it was Curtis Knight that kind of called his shot, knowing that there was just not enough room there for everybody. And he was kind of the guy that said, like, I'll go. And and off to Rochester he went. So does, does Curtis Knight want to play in Saskatchewan? If it's a one last shot with the guys, maybe he goes back. Because that's really what it is. It is one last shot. There's only a handful of these guys are going to be back next season. Yeah, a lot of free agents, a lot of UFAs opening up in rush. So this is kind of, this could be the last dance, um, unless Derek Keenan works his magic again and tries to keep some of these guys. Anyways, who you got? Did I win again this week? Am I hosting again? I don't don't get to tell you who. Oh, yeah. Sorry, Jumbo. uh, What game are you most looking forward to this week? It's an easy answer for me, and it's going down at Ball Arena in in Mile High down there in Denver. Let's recall the... uh, one of the, the probably, rematch. Yeah, the wackiest game of, of the year so far between Vancouver and Colorado. And, you know, Vancouver with another couple of weeks off here, and now they're going to get into a, a real nice rhythm of games. I think they play 12 games in the next 14 weeks here. And it starts with Colorado. And I think it's a, a litmus test here for Vancouver to respond, rebound from – what was a game that they had in their pocket and let slip away? And if they want to make the playoffs, these are the games, these are the teams that they need to show up and beat. So let's see what's what and who's who come Saturday night down there in, in Denver, Colorado. I'm really intrigued to see both teams because we've seen a little Jekyll and Hyde with Colorado. They've been much better in their their latest outings, but we've seen them you know, stink out the joint a couple of times as well. So I, who's going to show up here between Vancouver and Colorado is, is my intriguing matchup of the week. Yeah, that's, that's a good one too. That was, that's an easy one. And I, I think Vancouver doesn't have to look too far to find motivation for this one. They've got all the tape in the world to, to go back and, and hark on. They get Keegan ball back in the lineup. They mm-hmm. get, um, it's going to be interesting to see what they do on that right side is I don't think you can take Killen out of the lineup based on how he killed Colorado for the first two or three quarters of that game. So, yeah. you know, it's maybe Jordan McBride on the outs this weekend because he can't take Dinsdale out either. Um, so, or, or they go four righties, they go righty strong and, and Lowen got banged up at the end of that game right. against Colorado. So we don't know yeah. the status of one Riley Lowen. I know the Vancouver does want to get some other bodies into the lineup and see what they have, but, I think it's a good opportunity for them definitely to, yeah, like I said, they don't have to find motivation. Keegan Ball is back. Colorado got blown out in their, I think their only home game. All three of their wins are on the road. We'll see how Zed Williams comes back into that lineup. Barker, and, and Salt, yeah. after that, After that Colorado team was so potent that night without Zed, how does the ball movement stack up when he's back in the lineup? So, and we'll Dylan Ward do, doesn't think. stick it up twice in a row. I don't think so. 
I don't think so. But it's, uh, you know, this is, again, if I'm intrigued to see how Alexis Bouquet responds as well after a poor performance as well. Like three really good games and then a bad one. And I think the, kind of the same thing for Dylan Ward. So let's see how it how it shakes down. <laughs> uh, one more Warriors note there. Your boy, Evan, Andy Towers, cannot be too happy right now as <laughs> – Vancouver Warriors, Reed Bowery, now on the puppies. He's a water dog along with uh, the tractor, Matty Hosick there. Yeah. Now, water dogs have been slowly accumulating Canadian players, and it looks like today they decided they're going all in with the same strategy Andy Towers did because they they picked up – actually, the thing was more than just the two of them. Yeah, there there's a, a third more. guy there. I can't just not – Charlie Kitchen there also go. got That's out of there. They have, a midfield, they have a midfield line of Courier, Withers, and Bowering. I don't know. Like, I'm, I'm, just, water good dogs luck getting a loose caught ball. my good attention. Good luck getting a loose ball against that team. Yeah. Like, that's that's going to be but, unreal. Yeah. Here's the interesting thing is that now people are starting to, to see the value of this box game and these Canadian boys up front. In the first year, there were very few of them. Now we're slowly starting to see more and more teams pick guys up because, you know, Towers has been in the finals the last two years with the strategy. It works. Yeah, makes sense. All right, uh, enough jibber-jabber here, fellas. Let's get into it. Uh, It's time for Who You Got. It's time once again to play your favorite podcast game. Who you got? Who you got? Uh, brought to you by Stampy Tack and Western Wear, of course. Accessories there at Stampy Tack, they have them aplenty. Belts, of course, all leather belts there at Stampy Tack and Western. Belt, good belt, leather belt, last you a lifetime, and a wide array of selection there at Stampy Tack and Western Wear. Cloverdale, 1966. Shop online, still shopping local, stampede.ca. Do it. Uh, Brad, what, what, Evan, let's get this out of the way. Uh, I, I probably should have like the Rocky Balboa theme song playing in the background <laughs> here <laughs> as uh, former overall champion of season one's who you got, Rob Kink is week eight champion three for three and a, a late goal by Corey Vitarelli securing the tie break for the, the former champ there in Rob King. Yeah. And, uh, you know, oddly enough, he won the NLL pick him too. Which ah, is a crazy double. double dipped, yeah. You know, Vasily was so disappointed. He was, he was looking at that final minute, had Philly tied it up and won in overtime. He was the winner, so yeah. it was. He's like so close, but yeah, it's just, little little but, buggers beat me like crazy. This well, is like it's, I was just gonna say it's like another Sheminauer. I know who's never won a oh. week of who you got, but anyways, uh, Brad. I <laughs> but think oddly he, enough, he uh, he he was looking at me on Thursday night with his picks, and he was like, "I took Georgia in the first game. I'm like you took Phil, you took Philly, or you took Rochester. I'm like, yeah. Like, why are you listening to me? You're way ahead of me in the stand. Take the opposite of that. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Good strategy. Come on, I don't want to put you on the spot, but we missed a special shout out last week with last week's Who You Got winner. Oh, um, t- a big Albany Firewolves fan that sent us a nice, nice email. Yeah, I, don't, I thought I mentioned that. I could have swore I mentioned that. Eric Delarocco uh, was week seven's winner. And I, I 
Brett, maybe you weren't listening because I'm almost positive. I usually fade out at about the one hour yeah, and keep sipping on your smoked mark, coconut there. Because I know I, he sent a nice email he and, did. I, and I know we wanted to give a good shout out. He's, he wasn't a huge box fan has become a box fan over the last few years and is a firewolf season ticket holder now. And he won who he got. He listens every week. Started up youth lacrosse. Special shout, special shout out there. And, and he's uh well, we'll, we'll kick things off right there. There's Albany firewolves are going to host the Halifax Thunderbirds, the Hunter Fun Thunderbirds are going to cross the border for the first time this season. The undefeated Halifax Thunderbirds, Thunderbirds heading to Albany, 7 p.m. start, 4 p.m. for us on the West Coast to kick things off Saturday night. Evan Schemenauer, who you got? This isn't as clear-cut as it should be, considering how high I have Halifax in my power rankings, but I'm still taking the Thunderbirds... Albany's just found a way to win lately. Whether there's the Banesh factor, whether it's the stroke of confidence, what have you. But considering I've got Halifax as the number one team in the league, I'm just going to keep going with them until they lose. So Halifax for three. Jake Elliott, who you got? Halifax has not lost a game this year. Albany have lost two games. Uh, why would I pick against a team that has not lost? I'm not going to do that. Give me Halifax... California, Hollywood, whatever else they call themselves back there on on the East Coast. Halifax for six. Because they have to lose sometime. They have to lose eventually, right? Like no team has ever swept the table at, uh, since we become an 18 and 0 national or an 18 game national lacrosse league. Albany Firewolves, I think, are trending in the right direction. Doug Jamison had a great showing his last couple times out. They're back on home floor where they want to protect themselves. Halifax is a veteran squad. And we just heard it from Tyson. Like it's a team that's been not super physical and maybe a little bit banged up this season. And you know, who's super physical and loves to push the tempo are the Albany firewolves. So give me the Albany firewolves with a five. Okay. Marking that Another down. 7 p.m., 4 p.m. start uh, Eastern. Toronto Rock back on the TSN Game of the Week. Pat Gregoire, John Abbott, Ashley Docking. No fans in Hamilton, mm. but the Toronto Rock will host the Rochester Nighthawks. Both teams, two and three. Evan Schemenauer, who you got? Two and three, but a totally different two and three. When you look at Toronto, they've lost, what, twice to Halifax and once to Buffalo. Top two teams in the league. Rochester, a bit of a disastrous week. No, no hiding it. Uh, whether it's the fitness factor, whether it was getting over with COVID, whether what it was, I don't know. But as much as I've got a lot of confidence in Toronto, it's almost the point where this is where a pissed off team is going to turn it around and, and lay one on somebody. And still taking the rock <laughs> only for a four because I don't. I just not that confident that all of a sudden something's going to turn around here. You were really selling Rochester oh, for a second. I thought, okay, ever, here, yeah. here's my week. Yeah. Here's my here's my week. Jumbo, who you got? I got the Toronto Rock as well. Uh, you paid attention here, Jamie Dowick, friend of the podcast. Uh, I I kind of feel like Jamie is is a little perturbed with us picking against his Rock the last few weeks. So I'm sending some good vibes back there to the Hammer, and I'm taking the Toronto Rock to bounce back and get a victory here on their home floor, on TSN, and do it in fine fashion. Give me Toronto, and what did I put beside Toronto? The seven. I got Toronto for a seven here, boys. 
high confidence. Hey, I'm, I'm right there with you. I, I'm not as confident. It's the six, it's the sixth game um, for me this week, but I think Toronto rock is, is way better than their two and three record is indicating. As Evan said, they've only lost to the two sort of classes of the league right now. Toronto's got to make some hay against a team that should be below them in the standings that they're kind of technically tied with right now. So give me the Toronto rock, uh, the third 7 PM start. So this is, this will be on one on the TV, one on the tablet, one on the phone. This is the Georgia swarm back at home facing the Philadelphia wings who play every single night, seemingly four and three wings <laughs> head down South two and three Georgia swarm. Evan, who you got? And this is their first game on the road in forever. Yeah. They've been playing at home constantly. But they got to get used to it now. They got to get used to it now. Georgia finally showed some life, and that really freaky odd of teams three and oh that has six players we, or more on the We COVID mentioned list. it, Evan. We mentioned it's crazy. Yeah. You got your showed out in quarter one. That that is a, a heck of a stat. Like that's just nobody else is coming really up with COVID be- stats in the NOL like Evan does. <laughs> This is my two game, but I'll take the wings in what was almost a coin flip. Jake Elliott, who you got? <laughs> Thank you very much. I I'm staying on the swarm train here. I think they got some good juju coming off that victory on the road. Now they're going home. They're gonna get bodies back. Poolin's found his game. Georgia for a four. You you just like them because they paid off for you on uh on Friday of, of that last too. weekend. That too. Philly, they've they I can't I can't bet against Philly right now against Georgia four and three going into two and three. Yeah, their first game on the road in a while, but eight different players with two or more goals. It's just you shut off Corey Small, everybody else will go off. You shut off Blaze and Rambo, and and the right side will go off. I think Philly is just too deep for that Georgia defense. Uh, give me the wings. It's my two game though, but give mm, me the wings. Super confident, huh? Okay. 7.30 p.m. start, 4.30 for us on the West Coast. The 4-0 Buffalo Bandits. Break out the laptop now, York Brad. Riptide. Tablet, phone, TV, laptop. You're talking four games at one, two. Evan Schemenauer, who you got? Don't need to discuss this a whole lot. Buffalo is one of the classes in the league. They should roll in this one. Give me an eight. Jake Elliott. Bandits, eight. Yeah, uh, Bandits, seven for me. I am team tied, so I'm not going to give them my full losing confidence. Uh, but bandits are going to just be a good night for the Buffalo Bandits on the road. But uh, look, look for the Bandits to make it five and no. Eight thirty start. The West will get into the action later on on Saturday night. Five thirty West Coast. Nine thirty, sorry, eight thirty on the East Coast. Five thirty on the West. Battle for last place Crazy. in the West, fellas. The one and four Panther City Lacrosse Club into Saskatel to play the one and four Saskatchewan rush. Who would have thought we'd be saying that heading into week number nine, Evan, who you got one and four, but oddly enough, they will be in fourth place potentially if they win this one. Um, I still got, I got enough confidence in the rush that they're finally going to wake up and do this rush for a five. Jake Elliott, who you got? Yeah, I'm taking Saskatchewan here. They, this is championship caliber team here that knows uh, what what they're up against and what they're looking at here home they're not they're not losing to Panther City I'm sorry if they if they rush for a three if they lose to Panther City some serious questions are fire sale time need to be answered <laughs> uh, no yeah. disrespect to 
to TK and, and the gang there down in Fort Worth. But taking the rush. But only a three. I'm only putting a three beside him, so take that for what it is. This is the get-right game for the Saskatchewan rush. Again, it'll be a litmus test going forward, but this is their get-right game to get back into the win column. Give me the rush with an eight at home on Saturday night. Moving on a little further down the Rocky Mountains, the rematch, the last two teams, those two times these two teams played, it was something special at Rogers Arena, something we haven't witnessed. By the way, the ever, Rocky Mountains maybe. are nowhere near Saskatchewan. As well, you got to you go... <laughs> you go a little bit west, then you go down. If you drive about ten hours, yeah. you get to them, okay. and then you go down. Right? So <laughs> a little further down, yeah. cross the prairies, okay. and then get to the Rocky Mountains, okay. and then go down. Yeah. Colorado Mammoth, Vancouver Warriors Ball Arena, two and two Warriors, three and one Colorado Mammoth. The big one for playoff implications in the West, as these uh, division rivalry games and season series always matter the most. Evan, who you got? It's going to be interesting for me to see how Vancouver bounces back after after that display last time. Because, I, I mean, it, it's got to be embarrassing after you're that far ahead and you can't finish it. But I just don't see Dylan Ward stinking it up twice. For that That's reason, good. I've got Colorado for six. Good, because uh, I know the big fella likes likes it when you pick against the Warriors. And then, <laughs> then they usually win. So that's a good thing there. I Oh, sorry, Brad. Go ahead. Are you, are you the big fella? You're the big fella. No, you, no, you, you know who I'm talking. You're alluding to. You know who I'm talking. Jake Elliott, who you got? Warriors at Mammoth. Yeah, I'm taking. Listen, Vancouver has has two and two. I've picked him every time, and I think this team could easily be three and one. Whether they they nip the rush or whether they finish that game against Colorado, they're two and two. But I'm sticking with my my Warriors here to show up on the road and and get back on the right foot here. Mind you, I'm putting a two beside it. I will say that, but Warriors for a two. Thank you. Yep. I like it. I like it a lot. I'm taking the Vancouver Warriors with a four beside this one. They've given a lot of faith in Alexis Bouquet heading into the season. This was, you know, he beat Eric Penny out for a starting job in training camp that no one saw coming. And the coaching staff has all the faith in the world in Alex Bouquet. And he didn't like his performance that week against the Colorado Mammoth. He's going to make his adjustments come in, go into a building that he's played in before, that he's comfortable with that loud, loud house crowd. So give me the Vancouver Warriors with a four. Final game of the weekend. I just made up 10. Good. (laughs) (laughs) Final game of the weekend. The one that I mentioned, maybe looking forward to the most along with that Vancouver, Colorado game, another big West division rivalry matchup, the Calgary Roughnecks one and two who haven't played since December 17th, two postponed games and the San Diego seals who have been absolutely rolling right now. They are four and one Evan, who you got? The issue I've got here is I don't see how you get over the rust factor. If you're the roughnecks, you're missing Tyler pace. It's always a small factor, but I just don't see how they get over the rust factor against the team. That's one of the hottest teams in the league right now. Give me the seals for a seven. Pretty confident. Jake Kelly, who you got? Yeah, I'm, I'm with Evan on this. I think it's, you know, it's not an easy trip down to San Diego. It's not a tough trip, but I just think so much time off there. And San Diego has been clicking, and they're four and one here. So, pretty dominant performance over Calgary the last time they played. Now they're on their home floor. 
Seals, I'm diving deep, diving in here with a five. I, I'm flip-flopping as we're talking. Like, I want... You I just want, said they're rolling, Brad. I know. And I'm flip-flopping as we're talking. Like, I want to pick the Calgary Roughnecks in this game just because I have so Good. much faith in the adjustments that they can make. We don't know Do it. about the status of Dane Doby, but what the, what the Seals have shown this season... Yeah, Doby's the leading goal scorer in the league, but they're also deep. Like, Jeremy Noble is dishing out assists. Westberg is finishing. Uh, Mac O'Keefe and the, and the rookies, Trey LeClaire getting in there. There's just, there's some depth there right now. If they get Frankie back, it's trouble. Give me the seals with a three. Chicken. You big chicken. Uh, we reserve the right to to change our picks leading up to game time as well, but uh, we're on the record. As I know, it's the, we're at we're at a bit of a disadvantage. You're making our picks on Monday night yeah. because by Friday morning and the storylines and the COVID lists that come out during the week, it's like uh But um, you know, as well, if somebody today, gets slammed today, for six cases. If somebody gets yeah. slammed for six cases, are you changing your pick at this point? No. Changing it to a W, hundred percent, hundred percent. Pick the team that's got the six. All right, exactly. boys. Uh, who you got is done. Good luck. Don't forget uh, if you're new to the podcast here and you're late joining or you've missed a couple of weeks, still win the weekly prize uh, and you can still make up some ground here in the overall race as well. But you're free to join. Uh, link is on the Twitter bio there. Click that pool, search who you got, and sign up. Have some fun. Make your picks. Who you got uh, is done now. It's time for Lax Class Locks. It's locked. I am by the club. Lock of the week. Ooh, that's a big lock, all right. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talk. Here comes the money. Money, money, money. Dollar, dollar. Dollar, dollar. There we go. We get the, uh, the money intro again because one Brad Challenger's parlay came through. So that's back-to-back weeks. Evan and I got, got it done two weeks ago. You get the big win this week. We're on a heater here, boys. Uh, Evan, I, I know you've been keeping tabs on our jumbo bucks here because, of course, we are not gambling on these games in, in real money here. Just jumbo bucks on the line. But you've been keeping a running total of how we've been doing. Yeah, so now we're not including the picks we made week one because there's a lot of season-long picks and Futures. whatnot in there. Futures, but yeah. let's, uh, let's take a look at everything since then. I'm up 118 bucks. Jumbo's up 114 and Chandler's up 86, which I mean, when you're up, you're up. That's, that's all well, this that is it. Like, if you're following our advice, the three of us, and sprinkling and spreading it out here, you're, I mean, you're almost ready to retire, uh, quite frankly. So, <laughs> uh, follow along here and, and uh, make your selections. But uh, this week's parlays here, Evan, I think you shall go first. We'll save the big winner for last. How about that? Yeah, and you know what? This is, I was surprised because with seven games, you think you're going to find something somewhere that you're going to like. I have to say this, the bookmakers did an excellent job this week because I had to scrape to find something. Mm. So here we go. Saskatchewan, Panther City. I'm going to take Panther City plus 2.5. Okay, so... Saskatchewan can still win by two at pace. It's even money if you take the 2.5. Take that there. Um, 
a very simplistic pick, San Diego on the money line, minus 233. It's not a huge pay, but it still works. I think both goaltenders are going to wake up in this one. If you looked, all the uh, over-unders shifted yeah, about higher now, right? two goals. Yeah. I'm taking the under in Colorado-Vancouver. I think these goalies wake up. That's a minus 110. 20 jumbo bucks pays 109.14. Okay. Uh, good luck to you, sir. My three-game parlay here involves all Eastern teams. I'm staying away from the West this week. I'm going Halifax at Albany. I'm taking the Thunderbirds at minus 1.5 for a minus 161. For the first time this season, I am taking the under, and I'm taking it in New York with the Buffalo Bandits coming to town. Matt Vince is just ridiculous right now. The over-under is at 23 and a half. That's a lot of goals. I think there's going to be some goals scored, but I don't see it reaching 24. So I'm taking the under, minus 110. And then I got Philly at Georgia. Give me the swarm. I think they're going to win this game outright, but I'm taking them at plus 1.5 at minus 133 for a total of plus 673. Times that by 20 jumbo bucks, you're going to get yourself 154.52. Good return there. Great value. And like I always say, when you win, praise me royally. And if you lose, do not blame me. Brad, your parlay, please. So you're welcome for last week, people that are listening. Um, first of all. And second of all, so I'm, I'm avoiding the... I'm avoiding the handicap because I can't wrap my head around it. And the big boss just told me, you know, stick to the money line, stick to the <laughs> over under and we'll be okay. There's some good money on the handicap lines, but it's, it's tough to predict. And I still got to read cool bet betting for dummies. One Oh one to sort of figure out the handicap. So I'm avoiding it this week, even though I won me some money or one <laughs> people listening to money last week. This Jumbo is how Bucks. easy it is. Brad can't even figure out the handicap and he's winning. And money. I still won. Yeah. And I still won. <laughs> So this weekend, I like uh, the Vancouver Warriors at Colorado, a tasty plus 120 to pick the Vancouver Warriors. I'm taking the under in the Calgary and San Diego game. I think Delves is going to show up. And if he's going against Frankie, two guys that are you know best friends off the floor that played together, it's going to be a goaltending duo. I changed the under on this one to 22 and a half because it's going to pay a little bit more at plus 106 if you adjust the under. So under 22.5 plus 106 and then just to round out the parlay for some easy money the odds aren't good but Saskatchewan over the Panther City Lacrosse Club minus 385 for Saskatchewan that gave me me odds of 417 but because I won last week boosted nicely to 550 and Evan what can that win the people this week 20 bucks pays 130 not bad Okay, so there you and go. If, if you're looking for it, just on Coolbet, on the very side menu, there is a thing that says boosted odds. You'll find it right there. That's where the Lax Class boosted parlay is. And while you're there, and if you're, again, new, and you want to try your hand at a little, uh, little fun, put a little extra on the game, make it a little more interesting, we encourage that here on Lax Class, and so do the good people at CoolBet Canada. CoolBet.com, and when you deposit for the first time on CoolBet, they will match your first-time deposit up to $200. 
All you have to do is look up in that top left corner and put in that little green lax class. Bonus code lax class. And you get free money from CoolBet. I don't know what. I mean, it's a no-brainer, really. So good luck on your parlays uh, to you guys and everybody else that uh, wants to do that this weekend. Lots to choose from there on, on CoolBet.com. What else do we got here, Evan? I know uh, a big day coming up uh, Wednesday that is near and dear to your heart and mine as well. It's Bell Let's Talk Day. You want to say a few words about this? Yeah, it's a it's an issue that's going on for surprisingly over a decade. It's surprised how long it's going on for. But um, on Wednesday, and it starts at midnight Newfoundland time, which is around, what, 1030 Eastern on Tuesday night. And it goes all the way until midnight Pacific on the other end on Wednesday night. Every time you go on social media, Facebook, Twitter, doesn't matter. Use the hashtag Bell Let's Talk. On Twitter, you're going to see a little icon. Make sure it's there because that's the one that counts. Every time you do that or you retweet something or what have you, Bell Canada is going to donate five cents to mental health initiatives. And you think five cents? Well, over the course of the day, this typically raises eight to ten million dollars. It's crazy. It works if you're in the U.S. You do not have to be in Canada to participate, but it's also a great day for everybody just to sit back and think and talk mental health. You know, it's something we should talk about every day, but it's it's a day to finally highlight all that. Absolutely, I I look yeah, forward I'll to th- it every th- year. I'll throw in there too. If you have if you're a Bell customer. It's not just the social media aspect. If your Texting. cell phone plan is via bell, any any call or text is also going to donate five cents. And it's about raising awareness and, and ending the stigma around mental health. By getting that hashtag out there and having people share their stories, it uh, it normalizes what we've all gone through. And the last couple of years, we've all been cooped up and isolated at home. I think it's more, more important, important to, yeah. to talk than ever. than ever. So, And I know we say it kind of every year on this podcast, Jumbo and Evan, but our DMs are always open. If anybody ever wants to reach out to, to any of us to, you know, open up and chat, we're always, we're here for you guys that are listening and you girls that are listening to. So reach out anytime. And, and, you know, we can have conversations if you're going through anything or looking for advice on anything, our DMs are always open and we are, we are always here for you. hundred percent. Well said fellas, I will get in here. Uh, don't forget to give us a follow on social media at lax classes, where the show is on Twitter at lacrosse classified on Instagram, Evan, or we got a Facebook page as well. Email lacrosse classified at gmail.com. So lots of ways to get a hold of us. Evan is at Shemlax. Brad is at Brad Chow. I am at PXP for sports. Feel free to get at us. Uh, follow the podcast. S- subscribe. A little five star review. Never hurts anybody either. A uh, big thanks to our sponsors Stampy Tack, Associated Labels and Packaging, Cool Bet, Rycor. Uh, who am I missing here? I think I'm missing some Vancouver works. Of course. Uh, thanks for all the support on the podcast. Thanks for listening. Everybody to Larson sundown and Tyson Geick for coming on the pod and enjoy the games this weekend. It is a monster for Evan Schemenauer and Brad Chelliner. I've been Jake Kelly and for the fastest game on two feet and for the creator, stay safe, stay healthy and stay classified. <laughs>